cross. If he wouldn't have gone to the cross. Let me tell you something. The real fight came after that. And when he resurrected, he offered his blood as a sacrifice for you and me. So, our destination, if we're Christians, our destination is sealed. Correct? We're going to heaven. That's something to celebrate. I'm not going to go to hell. I'm not going to... I'm going to go to heaven. My destination is set. But my journey just began. Every day it's a new day. And every day it's a new day. A new thing. It should be, a, it should be an exciting day. There's never been a day like this ever. And there'll never be another one again. Are you following what I'm saying? He came, He left heaven, came here, gave, made Himself a, listen to this, human sacrifice for you. That sounds like something pagan, doesn't it? No. He made Himself a human sacrifice for you. But more than that, He made a spiritual sacrifice for you so that you could walk in the love, and you could walk in the power, and you could walk in all of the things that He walked in. We're not, we're not here to, to just worship and worship and worship. We're here to finish His work. We're not, here, we're, not, we're not here to say, Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm going to heaven. You know, it's so wonderful. God, Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. Every time I hear that, I want to just cringe. I know it sounds bad, but it's just that when people identify with just the, just, just the Savior part, it, it kind of negates them. The purpose. He's a living Savior. He's not a dead Savior. He's a living Savior. He wants to do more than just save you. You've been welcomed into the family. He, he's adopted you into His family. And He wants you to invoke His name, His rights, His everything that He has. That's what glorifies God. Not necessarily showing up on an Easter, you know, I mean, even though that's great. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not upset about it. I'm just, what I'm saying is, it's an everyday thing. It's not a religious thing, it's a personal thing. I want to give you all a different look of Easter. Never done this before. It's just an experiment. I probably won't see any of y'all next Easter. If I'm here. Y'all probably won't be because I messed up Easter in 2022. Well, in in April of 20, April of 2020, Easter of 2020, I preached here in a tornado on the front steps out there. That was an experience. So this is this is going to be a piece of cake. <laughs> this day, over 2,000 years ago, time was split in half. It was done. Old is over, new begins. Why? Because of Him. Not because of man. Because of Him. He, changed, he came and restarted time with what He did with His life. Is that a crazy or what? One man. And He was a man. One man changed time just with His life and the way that He lived it. And the death and the way that he overcame it. 
Y'all, y'all get that? This day. This day. Time started over. Because he came. It was a new day in a new way. We don't do, we didn't, they don't, they don't do church like they did church before he came. It's different. It's different. It's not the same way. Why did he come? Until we could get to heaven. Well, there was already a path to heaven. It wasn't as easy as this one for us, but there was a path. There was a It was a lifestyle that you lived and a laws that you had to live by. Even though God gave us ten commandments, by this time, by this place, when Jesus came, had turned into over 2,000 doctrines of man. And they considered them to be holy. It was the most unholy thing there was. Are y'all following me? I want you to get a look at the church. We're going to look at several things. But... The church is one of them. We don't have that anymore. We don't have what they had. Thank God because what we've got is so much better. We don't have religion and religious superstitions and ancient doctrines of man. We don't live like that. We live out of a relationship because of what that guy did this day over 2,000 years ago. He broke down every barrier that would keep you from getting to him. That's what he did. Let's look at the time. The culture, the political climate, and the church. of When Jesus came. You see, because we think we're living in the last day. We think, we think because Putin, you know, invaded, and Biden is clueless, and the world is an up, upheaval, there's global... Inflation. Jesus is coming. Look up. I want the rapture to get me out of this. God sent you here to change the world. He didn't come here and say, all right, I'm a way out. He empowered you while you're on this earth. When you get to heaven, you're no good to the kingdom anymore. You can't add to it. It's only during this time. Jesus had three and a half years of earthly ministry and shook the earth. That's what he did. You've got to understand, the political climate of the day, Rome, Rome was a superpower. They were the most powerful army in the world. And they, tacked, they, they had uh, all of uh, Israel was under their control. They governed the people that lived on the land. They were, the, the Jews were oppressed. They couldn't prosper the way that they wanted to because of all the taxes and all the levies and all the corruption in the Roman government. They could not prosper. The the church hated the government and the government hated the church. Did I say that right? Good. I thought I said the same thing twice there for a minute. The government hated the church. But not as much as the church hated the government. A lot of stuff like that going on. You know, I mean, that's not a, that's not a, that's not a God thing, is it? Hate's not in God's repertoire. It's just not there. 
It's just not there. But anyway, Rome was a superpower. They were oppressing them. They were, they were, they were causing them some financial strains. And so the church decided that when the Messiah came, he was going to come back like King David, a great general, a great warrior, and he was going to bring down the greatest superpower in the world all by himself. That's what the church believed. When, when uh, I was watching a show, watched the first episode the other day of, of The Chosen, you know, I'm not really into it yet, but I've just started it. Because when I see something like that, when I see something that catches me, I have to get off of it and I have to immerse myself into what I saw, the revelation that I saw, and then I can go back and do the rest. You know what I saw? I saw that in the first episode, there was a guy, and Romans had him scrubbing a wall. And what he was erasing was, was, was written on the wall that said, the Messiah is coming. To crush Rome. That's what the people thought at the time. That was their mindset. They were looking for a deliverer for their circumstance, not for their future, not for the future of mankind. They were looking for just themselves. Right now, right now, right now. What is God going to do for me right now? Well, he didn't, Jesus didn't do what they thought He was going to do. So they hated Him for it. I honestly believe that there were several people in the, in, the, in the church that believed that Jesus was the Messiah. He just wasn't doing things the way that they wanted Him to do. What is that clicking in my ear? Somebody else hear that? That's what it sounds like in my ear. But that's, 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 amazing, that's amazing because I can't hear anything anyway. <clears throat> All right, let's look at let's look at, um, let's look at Jerusalem. A lot of people don't realize this. There were three major cities, cultural hubs in the world at that time. Athens, which is in Greece, Rome, and Jerusalem. But Jerusalem was the America type city. It was the cultural center. If you remember only 40 days after Forty days, listen, this is, this is important. Forty days after the resurrection, what happened? The day of Pentecost came, right? And on that day, in Jerusalem, it says that every nation under heaven could hear the, the, the speaking in tongues from that one room. Name any other place in the world that would have every nation under heaven in one location. Jerusalem was, I mean, a happening city, you know. I mean, it was, there were so many different cultures and things like that. It was, it was the hub. It was the hub. And so when Jesus came and, and, and He went into Jerusalem, there was some that connected and some that didn't. You know, everybody doesn't like God. It's just, you're rejected by it, or you're attracted by it. You're rejected by it, or you're attracted. I was, it's running me nuts, running on nuts. That's more I mean, they're crazy too. Hold on, hold on. Come, wait, 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 wait. I got, you'll come up or down? 
off him. Get off of me! Yeah. Got to go get a new one of them things. Where was I at? I don't know. Where was I? Oh! Here you go. They believed the Messiah would punish the Romans and deliver them into the Jews' hands. And then they got mad when he didn't. That's what happens when we figure out what God needs to do to solve our problems. Let me say that again. This is profound. That's what happens when we figure out what God needs to do to solve our problem. What, I'm going to tell God what he needs to do to solve my problem. Because I know what my problem is. Well, maybe you don't. You're just seeing a symptom of a problem. You see, how in the world could Jesus come into that culture and change things forever? It doesn't matter what the circumstances are anymore. The circumstances have changed. Every day things are changing and changing. But his word is still the same and it applies in every single way. He didn't come for a time. He came for generations. He didn't come to punish the Romans. He came to punish the devil. He didn't come He didn't come to deliver just the people there. He came to deliver everybody that was ever going to live any time after that. There was not a, 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 a magic button you could push that was going to make the times right. Could he have? Yes. But it would have been a defeat. Because God doesn't deal in circumstance. God deals in relationship. He deals in things that, that can overcome and you can get things done through. Not things, he's not going to put stuff in your way to prevent you from success. And he did that all during a time when it's totally different than the way that we look. The, the, way, the way that we live now. But it all still works. It doesn't matter what culture you're in. I've been, I've been over 40 nations around the world. I've seen cultures after culture after culture after culture. And you know what? Every, the Bible works in every single one. That's amazing in itself. Ha, here we go. What's next? What I think is funny... It's, you know, those, those Romans, they drive the nail in the hand of Jesus, you know. Rome had no problem with Jesus. They never once arrested him. And then when they, they put him on, a, on trial, the Jews brought him up on trial, and Romans, they wanted the Romans to kill him so they wouldn't have to kill him. And what did the, the, the presiding official from Rome over Israel was a guy named Pontius Pilate. And you know what the last thing Pontius Pilate said about Jesus? He said, I find no fault in that man. I'm washing my hands of this whole mess. Y'all, y'all are just trying to, you're trying to kill an innocent man. Basically, what we're saying is, I find no fault from, with this man. I'm washing my hands of the whole matter. And you know what happened? The church killed him anyway. The people that they wanted Jesus to destroy, then they tried to get them to destroy him. 
That's how manipulative the church was. But see, what's the cool thing about it, the cool thing about it, is that they wanted things destroyed and Jesus wanted things created. They had a totally different mindset. The church had a totally different mindset than Jesus did. Totally different. Creativity. New. Behold, I do a new thing. No, we're going to do things traditionally, always. There's over 2,000 laws and doctrines that we made. If you're not living by those, Jesus, you're, you're, you're a false prophet. You're no good. You're this and that. I mean, are you, are you following? The church was telling Jesus, the church was telling the Son of God how to be God. They considered what man put down his law as holy, and it's not. It's not. You know, one of the reasons that Jesus came is so that you could, you could get to heaven outside of the Ten Commandments because his blood covered those sins with no penalty to you. It didn't cost you any. It cost him a lot. It don't cost you nothing. But what happens is we 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 get so excited about our destination becoming what our destination is that we we forget to live. We forget to take as many as we can with us. That's our job. That's exactly our job. Take as many as you can with you. We, I was in Mambo what three weeks ago. Over a thousand Muslims came to Christ, converted, rejected Islam, and came to Jesus. I'm going to take as many as I can. Many as I can. Why? Because that's what my journey is about. My destination is already set. That thing was set over 2,000 years ago. I never have to worry about it again. I'm a child of God, and I'm going to live with Him when I leave this earth. But when I get there, I want to be totally worn out. Out. Take as many as you can. That's what Easter is about. And then, and then the, the, the church, the church was talking about the world, how wicked it was, and how oh my goodness, and it's still going on today. How wicked were you? This God-forsaken world. God didn't forsake this world. He sent the best He had here for you. He didn't forsake anything. For God so loved that He gave the best that He had. The only that He had. Why? To talk to you. So that you'll never feel God's wrath because He gave it out on His Son. The Son took your place. And it said, it pleased God to do that because he would only have to do it once instead of millions and millions and billions and billions of times. Never again will the wrath of God fall on one of God's people. Why? Because Jesus took that. Jesus took that. No more will a Christian ever go to hell. Why? Because Jesus took that. But the thing about it is, we need to look at this, you know, it's gratitude, absolutely, but opportunity. 
opportunity to, to bring about a change in a, in a community, in a nation, in a world. God didn't send us here to get saved and then wait to die. If we have that mentality, there's a good chance that that sinner's prayer didn't take, take effect like, you know, sometimes it should have. Because when I got saved, I wanted to get closer and closer and closer and closer and closer and closer and closer to God, not further away. I never thought about heaven the day I got saved. Did you? Heaven never entered my, my decision-making process to know God. I wasn't after the benefits of what was going to help me. I just knew I needed help. And so I, so I clung to Jesus, not to heaven. And that's the way it's going to be from now on. It's never going to change. Am I making any sense here whatsoever? Okay, all right, I just want to make sure. Oh, the only group on planet Earth that came after Jesus was what? Church. The only group. Jesus never said a negative word about anybody other than the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the scribes. He didn't call the Roman government serpents and vipers. He even called church. He, he said, you're a brood of... He was in the church and he pointed at the priest and the scribe and he said, you are a brood of vipers. The only group that came out against Jesus was the organization that he was there to represent. Have y'all ever thought about that? The only, the only people that came against him were his own people. And he said, I've come to the lost tribes of Israel. And I, man, y'all don't want me, so I just go to the rest of the world too. You know, hey, God loved all the world, not just you guys. You don't want me? That's cool. I'll leave. I'll take my headquarters, and I'm going to move to Capernaum where I'm accepted, and I'm celebrated, not here where I'm tolerated. So he moved his headquarters. He, you know, I mean, it's just, it just what I think is hilarious is that Jesus is speaking to the disciples, and he said, I give all power I have unto you to tread on serpents and scorpions. The only people that call serpents and scorpions were the Pharisees and the scribes. I think that is amazing. I think it's hilarious that he, he's given his disciples power over the church they represent. But on that day, on that day that he was crucified, what happened? The temple was destroyed. The veil in the Holy of Holy was, was, was split. God never looked upon that for atonement ever again. He never looked, he never cast his eyes upon that church ever again. Why? Because the temple was destroyed, just like Jesus said. And he said, in three days I'll build it back. And he did. He was a cornerstone. Of what we do and what we believe and who we are. <clears throat> yeah, there's so many places I can go here. My goodness. 
when he died, literally all hell broke loose. Literally. Where's the script? Where's my scripture about? Uh... Yeah. See what happened on the day that Jesus died. Matthew twenty-seven fifty-two through fifty-three. Y'all got that for me? This is what happened when Jesus died, and the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Fifty-three. Maybe not. But this is what it says. When Jesus died, people came out of their graves and were walking around Jerusalem and said, you know what, hey, this is a great day. Don't, don't, don't be worried. It's all good. Dead people walking around Jerusalem. The temple destroyed. That place was in shambles. They were scared. They were, but man, sent, sent, uh, all right, I'll tell you what. Y'all send soldiers out to that tomb. We don't want another riot. We don't want a problem. We want, we, they were trying to. Con- they were in damage control while Jesus was defeating hell, death, and the grave. The church was gone, man. I, I mean, they had paid for the hit on Jesus. Who did? The serpents and scorpions, scribes and Pharisees, Sadducees. They paid. To have Jesus killed. Can you believe that? 30 pieces of silver. My goodness. That 30 pieces of silver destroyed that temple. And their way of life was never the same again. Ever, ever, ever. See, that's what Jesus brings. is life-saving. Life-changing. Life-changing power. Why does it say life-changing? Because we don't know how to function outside of God. Destruction always comes to those who lose sight of God. May not happen in that one lifetime, but over a period of time, it always self-destructs. Always. Always. Right. Who's eating roast today? Anybody? Hot ham. It's Easter. Got to eat a pig. I'm eating rabbit. I saw one hop through there this morning when I came. I started the Easter bunny, so I didn't want to have to kill it and eat it. So I. <laughs> hey, let me ask you this: When Jesus died, and all of a sudden they hear this big boom. And it's a, it's, a, it's a temple just being torn down. And I wonder what went through their mind. Oh, my God, what have we done? There was a lot of converts after that. Because they knew that, hey, there's some real power behind well, this guy. The church, really, they don't really have any power. But this guy, man, when he died, dead people started running around and talking to folks. The temple's gone. You know what? We, maybe we need to rethink what all happened here. What if he was right? Oh, then the church got into motion. All those, all those guys that followed him around, all those people, we're going to arrest them. 
We're going to arrest them with the same council we arrested Jesus with, the Sanhedrin, and then, therefore, we're going to wipe this out. We're going to stop this thing. Even after his death, burial, and resurrection, he got stronger, not weaker. Isn't that crazy? Then he said, I'm going to give you everything I got. I'm going to give you my name. I'm going to give you the, 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 the anointing. I'm going to give you gifts. I'm going to give you the Holy Ghost. Anything I can do, you can do better because I'm supercharging this anointing, this power, and putting it within you. You see, that's the problem with, with the church and the world. They don't understand this one thing. There's more power inside of a Christian than there is in a nuclear bomb. Amen, amen. It's just unused. Amen. We've got the ability to overcome what? Anything. I can do something. No, I can do all things. Why would God tell you you can do all things, all things if it wasn't true? God's not going to give you a lie. He's not going to do that. That's not, the, that's not who He is. Hmm. <laughs> all right, here we go. This is, a, this is a question I've always had, and I've never asked it in front of a group. On the third day, where in the crap were the disciples at? Where were they? Didn't he tell them on the third day, one, two, three. The third day, I'm coming out of that place. Where were they? I would like to think. I would like to think that if I were a disciple, I would have got there early and I would have made some biscuits, <laughs> some bacon. Well, maybe not in that time. <laughs> some, some fish or something. I don't know. Uh, but... I would like to think I was there waiting, just sitting there in daylight like this. I'm waiting on a deer, staring at that tomb. Where were they at? Why didn't they bring the man some breakfast? He hadn't ate for three days. Where were they? Has anybody else ever thought that? I guess I'm weird. I know I am, but... What happened was fear and emotions kept them from witnessing the resurrection of our Lord. The city was a shambles. The disciples were scattered. People everywhere. What happens? They get ruled by emotion and fear. You never make, never, ever, 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 ever make a life-changing choice in an emotional state. It will, you'll always, always be wrong and you've got to live with it. When you're going to make a decision, you need to be in prayer. You need to to be thinking. You need to find counsel. You need to find... You can't go off of emotion. That's what the disciples were. They were scared. They were running everywhere, man. But I will tell you this. 
Jesus was concerned about them. More concerned about Peter because of what Peter had done. And he, he told, told them, he said, go find my disciples and Peter. Because Peter didn't consider himself a disciple anymore. But he was thinking about it. And let me tell you something. If Peter was on Jesus' mind on the cross, so was yours. You know what? So your name was on, the, was on his mind. You were on his heart. He didn't come for that time. He came for all mankind. That day was just as important to me 2,000 years later as it was to somebody that lived in that time. It's the same. It's the same. Amen? All right. Amen. Whew. All right, here we go. When I got saved, man, I had one scripture at that time. You know, you go through different phases of life and things, you know. But my favorite scripture was Galatians 2.20. It says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. If I was crucified with him, This is my day. If I was crucified with him, I was resurrected with him. So I will I refuse to live a crucified life. I will live a resurrected life the rest of my life. I don't serve a I don't serve a crucified Jesus, I serve a resurrected Jesus. I'm sick of see. I'm sick of seeing crosses everywhere as a as a sign of. of he, yes, he went through all of that. But let's talk about today. Let's talk about the tomb. This is a celebration of the sacrifice. That stuff had to happen. But if this wouldn't have happened, it would have meant nothing. Jesus had over 200 prophecies he had to fulfill in, in, in a three and a half year period. And he fulfilled every one. Every single one of them. And the majority of them were done on the last three days. Crucifixion all the way up to the resurrection. It's crazy. He did everything he was supposed to do. He did everything right. If he'd not done everything right, we would not have the easy path to heaven anymore. But he did it right. I see churches today. I see people today. And they're living crucified. They believe that there's no power of God on this earth anymore. There's no power of God within them to overcome anything. They believe that they're just going to, that, you know, Jesus doesn't heal anymore. I don't know where that one came from, but they all believe it. Jesus doesn't heal anymore. Well, if he doesn't heal anymore, he doesn't save anymore, right? And didn't it's the same thing? Didn't the, the the stripes and doing all that part of the curse? So, so if so if it, the healing doesn't work, the saving doesn't work, does it? I mean, you know, you bring them that and that's like, well, when did it? Start? What day? Do you know the date and the, the 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 day and the year that that stopped? Because I hadn't been able to find it. I've been looking for it since I got saved, and I've never found where Jesus quit reaching and meeting the needs of his people. I've never seen that anywhere. 
And then I hear these people say, you know, well, God wants us to use your common sense. No, he doesn't. He said you're supposed to be peculiar. Not common. Show me that one, too. It, it, I've looked. I mean, I've had people tell me that so many times. I always have to say, where is that? Well, you know. You know God wants you to use common sense. No. He wants me to be weird. Peculiar. He didn't call me to be common. God, let me tell you something. God doesn't look at you as common. He looks at you as special. But we live, people, I see, I see people every day living in a crucified life and they don't have to. They can live that resurrected life. They just have to get a revelation that they were crucified with him and they were resurrected with him and they're just seated in heavenly places just like he is. That we now, I work together, we, Jesus and I are co-laborers in the kingdom. We work together. So therefore I have to talk to him and he has to talk to me. And the more we talk, the closer we get. And the closer we get, the more power comes. Life-changing power. So what I want to do today is, it's simple. I mean, this is not... uh, It's time for the world to look at the tomb. It's time for the church to look at the tomb. That's our salvation. That's it. My destination was sealed that day. My journey just began. What are you going to do in your journey? You're going to try to please God or please you? Please God or please man? You're going to try to, are you going to try to uh, change the world? Or are you going to let the world change you? This is, that's the difference in crucified and resurrected. I want to be a resurrected Christian. Because I serve a resurrected Lord. I don't serve a dead God. I don't serve a dead Jesus. I serve resurrected, empowered Jesus. And that's what he wants from me. So let me ask you this. Two reasons. And then I want to get out of here because of just... I know this is on my note somewhere. I just don't know where. Now, now... Empty? Okay. Jesus came for two reasons. One, he came to be you. He came to be you. Literally. He took on your identity and took the heat. He took the beating. He took all of that. Did you know that the reason there was, you know how many stripes Jesus had to take, right? 39, because it says at 40, no man could live through it. He was never supposed to get to the cross. I want you you to get a picture of this. They beat him to death. His guts were hanging out. And they could give him a a wooden cross. They carried up that hill, bud. We'll see if you survive this. He survived it. All right, bud. Lay down. They nailed him to the cross. He lived six more hours. Six. And every second of that six hours, you were on his mind. 
He was thinking about you. You don't have to go through it, Edward. You don't have to go through this, Travis. You don't have to go through this, Jody. I got you on this. I came to be you. Then he also came so that you could be him. I'm not talking about the forgiveness, the forgiving power of God, but I'm talking about He wants you to act just like Him. That's why He came and, and, and took on all of your identity. He clothed Himself in humanity, and now we've got to clothe ourselves in the full armor of God and be like Him. He came to be you, and He came for you to be Him. Amazing to me. Amazing to me. I know that I'm called by His Let's stand to our feet. I know that I'm called by His name. I love Him. I know Him. I talk to Him constantly. But you know, there's people that, that sometimes are religious people, which you, and, but they're not in a constant conversation with their Lord. I talk to Him every day, and He talks, and he talks to me. If you don't have that relationship, it's time to, to, to kind of rethink some things. You know, is there a passion for the things of God? If there's not, maybe you need to rethink a few things, you know? There may be somebody here that doesn't have never met Jesus before. It's not totally sold out to God. They're not totally sold out to doing something bigger than themselves for the rest of their lives. It's not moments. It's a lifetime. Everybody bow your head and close your eyes, please.